Well, good morning. It's good to see each of you out this morning. So glad that uh, glad that you're here, and uh, Regina and I are really pleased to be with you. My name is Robert Stover. My wife Regina. We're from the Carrollton area, so not too far from you. I think it said 50 minutes to get over here, and we took all back roads. And Regina likes to do that. Doesn't even like to go on Route 7 north. Just you know, come through Lisbon and and make her way over. But uh, we're so glad to be here with you this morning. Just to tell you a little bit about ourselves, uh, Lord's uh, blessed Regina and I uh, with uh, be 45 years of marriage. She's been such a blessing to me. Uh, December 17th will be 45 years, and just praise God. Oh, your birthday. I, I'm thinking of your birthday already. That's the first thing. See, it's birthday the 17th of December. It's the anniversary of the 22nd, and then Christmas time, so... You know, if you uh, see me without my shoes after that, you'll know that I sold them. And, uh, you know, but uh, but uh, we've been married, uh, yeah, going on 45 years. And the Lord's blessed us with uh, the same, well, Job and his wife had them twice. But uh, it says in Job 1, 2, and there were born in Tim seven sons and three daughters. And so Regina and I have seven boys, three girls. And uh, eight of them are married, praise God uh, for that. We have, uh, because as a result of that, we have 22 grandchildren, and thank God for each one of those. And uh, we don't get to see them maybe as much as we'd like to, just because I, I take the blame, and I blame the Lord too. But, uh, you know, we told the kids when they were growing up, wherever the Lord wants you, that's where you want to be at. And so we have our oldest son, uh, he and his wife, Robert and Sarah, and their seven children are missionaries in Peru. So we see them, if we don't go down, which with the pandemic, we didn't do that. So we didn't get to see them as much, but they were back for a furlough and left this August. Uh, and then uh, just all the other ones, Groton, Connecticut, we got our oldest daughter there. Her husband's an assistant pastor at Community Baptist and... And uh, three daughter, three, three uh, their daughters, granddaughters in southern Georgia. We got three that are living in Florida. And I wish I could maybe, well, I don't know. I'm busy for the Lord. That's what it's all about. But, you know, if we ever slow down any, then we'll have a place to visit down in Florida. But uh, and then what, um, four, five, six, seven grandchildren down there. So, uh so yeah, so it's it's a real blessing, and we thank God for each of them and for God's hand uh, upon us. I pastored uh, three years in Cambridge at a Bible college. We started the church there, and then I was 25 years at Burkholz Baptist Church, which is just a small burg outside of oh Carrollton. There's Amsterdam, Selingville. Maybe you know where Selingville is. It's south of Selingville. But we were there 25 years, and thank the Lord for that work and ministry. Ministry the last oh about 11 years now, we've been just doing varied things uh, in the ministry. Um, and the last year and a half, the Lord's helped us to develop what we call tools for the believer. And uh, you know, it's really tools for revival, I guess we'd call them. Um, we changed the name of our ministry just recently to Revive Us Again Ministries. And because that's really uh, my heartbeat and, you know, what the Lord has laid on our hearts. And 
Uh, you know, before we look at this, let's pray and then we'll, I'll share with you some of the thoughts here and then we'll look at the Word of God as well. Father, we, Lord, just rejoice in you this morning. Thank you for the privilege that we have to be in the house of God. And Lord God, we pray that you would move in our midst even as we start, uh, uh, Lord, the revival meeting, really. Uh, Lord, at this Sunday school hour, may the word of God encourage us, strengthen us. Lord, may our hearts be drawn to thee. And Lord, help us to um, catch a clear vision and a renewed vision, Lord God, of what you'd have for our lives. Father, sometimes we, uh, to be honest, we will get in a, in a rut and, you know, we'll just stay there. And sometimes the rut gets deeper. And, Lord, we need your grace and strength to, to stir up that gift of God that is within us. And, Lord, we know that the Spirit of God has to do that as well because, Lord, it's not in and of ourselves that we can do these things. It's, Lord, our humbling ourselves before thee and seeking your help and strength. So, Father, we pray that you would bless us this hour as this is the time that you've given us. And, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds, that you'd bless your people. Thank you for them. Thank you for the faithfulness of those that are here this morning. We pray that you would, Lord, from the youngest to the eldest, Lord God, that you would just open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us. We'll give you the praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, I appreciate uh, Pastor Jameson, his wife and family, and for the privilege that He's allowed us to come and be with you uh, this morning, and uh, we were able to have him over our home there. Has that been what six, eight weeks ago? I'm guessing, and uh, and uh, you know we just had a wonderful time of fellowship there, and, and good food, and uh, I think we ended up with enough food. But uh, okay, all right. Uh, did we have taco lasagna? lasagna. Oh, Regina's world famous. Uh, yeah, everyone. I mean, Robert and Sarah, they're in Peru, so it's sort of world famous because they love it too. But, uh, but yeah, Regina's lasagna, just really great. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, let's see. Um, how many of you, I didn't bring one up, but how many of you got the two, two, uh, okay. Uh, oh, okay, Sean went downstairs. If you did not get one of these... Um, uh, Miss Kylie would like to get you one. It's just uh, a two question or one question with two answers. Does anybody need one? Anybody didn't get one? Okay, I'm back there. Okay, great. Person who gets it right, I think um, Brother Richard said that he was going to give him a, a $500 gift card. I, okay, I thought I wasn't sure if it was 500 or 750, but uh, okay. But, um, but yeah, if you could just get that back to Regina, that'd be great. Uh, just uh, help us out. That'll, that goes along with our message tonight. So I want to encourage you to be back tonight so that we can uh, share with you those thoughts uh, on that. But, um, again, I was mentioning Revive Us Again Ministries. Uh, it's, um, you know, it all starts, at least with me, I think it was, I was reading about... Uh, Gypsy Smith, and he was an old-time evangelist, and God used him in a tremendous way. And he was talking about, somebody asked him about revival. And he says, well, if you want revival, he says, what you need to do is, he says, you need to go home, make a little circle, get inside that circle, 
and start praying for revival. Because it starts with me. It starts with me. That's where it starts at. And you know, if, and, and if each one of us see ourselves in that light, God, begin that revival in my heart. Draw, draw me unto you. And allow God to do that and help us in that way. Then, you know, what happens if you get, if you get, um, five people in a church that are, are revived and, and <clears throat> let me say this, it's not, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing of yielding to Christ, allowing the Spirit of God to guide us, humbling ourselves, uh, you know, there's so many things. It's a, it's a wonderful dynamic. But uh, if you get even five people in a church that are revived, that they're walking with Christ, they're seeking Him, they're obedient to Him, I mean, God can do great and mighty things. I mean, if you get ten people, if you get, you know, and, and you know, it's just such a wonderful thing to... To draw nigh to Christ and, and so it's personal revival. And one of the things in this revival meeting that we want to do is bring some thoughts to you and messages to you and also tools to you that will help you in that personal revival. And as we think about that, we want to make it also what I would call an interactive revival. And let me, I'll explain that in just a minute, but turn in your Bibles, if you would, and thinking about personal revival to James chapter 4, James chapter 4 and verse number 8, James 4, 8. James chapter 4, verse number 8. Look at that with me, if you would. And this is a verse that we use, and I'll share with you our Bible Transformation Explosion Program in just a moment. But one of the 22 subjects that we have in that program is revival. And I've uh, that's one that I've personally memorized. There's basically 12 references for each uh, subject, and then we subtopic them as well. So, for example, in this here, well, I'll, let me pull this one out. There's, again, total of 22 different topics. And this starts with God's Word is first. We have strong families, comfort, deity of Christ, soul winning, thanksgiving, faith, heaven, hell. We have peace, prayer, pure men, the church, children's first verses, teen verses, words of my mouth, and then revival, thirsting after God, and then we also have two um, uh, psalms, two psalm series, which include Psalm one and Psalm twenty-three in one, and then Psalm one hundred and one fifty in the other. Rejoice, and then prayer and fasting. At this point, so there's twenty-two different um, subjects there, and again, they're subtopic. But in our revival series. The first two verses uh, go along with this thought. Revival need it. Revival need it. And, you know, I did that one up. I did thirsting after God and I did prayer and fasting. I said, you know, if nobody 
benefits from these besides me, I'll do them a hundred times again. Because I knew that in my own heart, I needed to draw nigh to God. Now look at that verse. And this speaks of personal revival, really. In James 4.8, it says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And so that speaks there of us taking that step towards God, that next step. And I'll probably say this again, but, you know, uh, I don't know, some of you I know have been saved for many years. Anybody here been saved for over 25 years? Raise your hand. Over 25 years? Praise God. That's wonderful. Anybody here been saved, say, less than 10 years? Raise your hand. Less than 10. Okay? Uh, you know, we're all at different aspects of our walk with Christ. So, you know, it's not looking at another person and say, well, you know, that person needs to be doing this. It's looking inwardly and say, what is this person? Christ, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be at? What's that next, that next what? That next step. For me to get on this platform, I took one, two, three steps. I'm glad I didn't stumble and fall in front of the pastor. But, um, but I, I had to take those. I, I mean, I probably could have jumped up three and, you know, and tore up a knee or something. But, uh, you know, I had to take those steps really one at a time. And, you know, God wants us to take that next step, that next step. Think of your life. What is that next step? And I think if you're going to be, if you'll be faithful to the meetings this week, I guarantee you that if your heart is open and the Spirit of God is, is will certainly speak to you, that God will show you that next step, that next step. Maybe it's two steps. You know, maybe, but, you know, just that, that next step that God wants for your life, to draw nigh to Him. You know, it's interesting. It says, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Think of that next phrase. It says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. You know, what, uh, what do we think when we think of our hands? What, uh, what, what do you think about? In your life, um, I know you wash them before you eat. Things, things that you do, things that you do. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. What are, what are, Lord? What are the things that I'm doing? Am I doing things that are detrimental to the cause of Christ? So that's something that we have to look at. We have to inspect. See, Lord, where am I at? What are some things that I'm doing? And, you know, Christ will help us with that. It's not like, you know, okay, you know, this is what you're going to do and you have to do it all on your own. No, guess what? If you're saved here this morning, you know who lives inside you? The Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. And that's calling upon Him. I mean, well, I, I got up this morning and was getting ready, and I was thinking about the meeting, and and it just sort of, I don't want to say overwhelmed me, but the the clear, distinct thought came, Lord God, I need your help. I need your help, Lord. I, I can't minister to these dear folk here in my own strength. 
I need your help, Lord God. You're going to have to speak. And it's just, you know, humbling ourselves before God Almighty and just allowing Him to move and work. So, so the things that we do are, you know, it could be also the things that we could be doing that we don't do. You know, it's, uh, the verse says, um, uh, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Yeah. So it's, you know, not only, you know, maybe things that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing, but also we need to, you know, think in our hearts and minds, Lord, what are those things that you want me to do, but I haven't been? You know, praise God again for your faithfulness here this morning. I appreciate that. And not only, I mean, that minimal, but God honors that. And he's pleased with that. And so, Lord bless you for that faithfulness. But uh, it says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. So the things we're doing that the Lord can help us with, and then the things that we should be doing, the Lord can help us with that as well. So cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Then what's that next phrase? It says, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Purify your hearts. So it's not only just the things that we do, but it's looking inwardly. It's looking in our heart. You know, God, you know, God sees our hearts. You know, He sees us and I've, um, you know, He knows all about us. I mean, there's nothing that God doesn't know. And, you know, just think if, um, what's a local newspaper here in Columbia? Do they have one? Um, the Morning Journal? Is that a daily paper? Is it? Okay. So let's say the Morning Journal, front page, big headlines. They'd write an article about the thoughts of your heart or my heart. You know, God knows all about us. And, you know, it's, it's saying, Lord God, you know, that, that's one thing I think of David, you know. It says that David was a man after God's own heart. You know, you read Psalm 139 and towards the end there, he says, uh, Lord, search my heart and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So, David was basically saying, Lord, I want to have an open heart to you. And, you know, God can, God can help us with that. So, so personal revival, that's, that's where it must start at. So, you know, we're going to have a revival meeting, but if all you get out of it is, even if you come to all six services, there'll be three today and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you come to all six services and all you get out of it is a six day meeting, You've missed it. You've missed it. Because this is uh, what we're going to call um, an interactive revival. You know, we want to do some things during this revival uh, meeting that will begin to help us. You know, one thing, again, we have, uh, we have the, scripture, uh, the Scripture Memory Meditation Implementation Cards. Again, this is a, a small one. This will hold two sets of them. Uh, and all these are on the back table. We have this one. This will hold six sets of the scripture verses. 
And again, a tool is only as good as you using it. You know, how many of you ever try to dig a hole in the ground for a post? Yeah, you ever, you know, and I've done it before because I don't have a whole lot of tools, but you ever try to use a shovel, like a rounded shovel to dig like a, you know, two and a half foot hole? I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's a challenging thing, you know, not unless you're going to dig it that wide, you know, or that big a diameter. But, you know, if you have, uh, you know, one of those, what they call them, spud bars, you know, if you have one of those with the flat end on it, you can, you know, loosen up the dirt and that'll help. What's, uh, what's this called? Post yeah, post hole digger. That, that makes it more efficient. Now, let me say this. If it's like rock you're dealing with, then forget it. All right. But, but, uh, you know, a post hole digger is pretty nice. You know, you just, you know, loosen it up and you can make pretty good time with that. Anybody ever, uh, used an auger like on a, piece of equipment I mean man if you had something like this you know there's one move over but if you had that auger in your garage or in your barn and you don't use it how much good is that going to benefit you if you have that pulse toe digger and you don't use that it won't benefit you much if really none but if you use it, that's the key. So, so think of these tools for revival as tools that you'll use and that'll be helpful and beneficial to you. So again, we have, uh, the, um, Bible transformation explosion and talks about the, the word of God, how it'll, uh, just strengthen us. You know, I thank God that, um, you know, I've, uh, oh, I think at this point, I think I've been able to, over the last year or so, been able to get down about five sets. And I have to continually go over them. I was doing that when we were setting our table up. I was coming over and I said, God's Word. That's one of the first ones I memorized. And I thought, man, I know the reference. I said, how does it start, you know? And uh, so I hit it. Uh, we have them all recorded on our website. So I hit one when I was in back there setting up our table and it quickened my mind. And once I got the first word or two, then I was able to go through it, and that was really helpful. But, uh, but you know, think about an interactive revival in this sense. Number one, we're going to give you that verse, James 4, 8. Anybody, have you, if, anybody ever memorized that verse before, James 4, 8? Okay. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do is starting Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, we're going to take just maybe five, seven minutes. And we want to encourage you to one, we're going to give you another verse too, but I'll give you that one now. James 4, 8. I want you to take that this afternoon, take it home with you, and work on memorizing that. And then what we'll do, I don't know if, we, if we're able to pass a mic around, but uh, we'll just take a few minutes, say, hey, who's memorized that verse? And we'll uh, let you say it into the microphone, not only to encourage yourself, but encourage others that you're able to get that verse down in your head and and get that memorized. So we're going to give you probably two verses this week, and if you can get those two down, then uh, that'll be super. But that'll sort of get you started on it. 
and that I pray will carry over as well. But uh, that's part of the interactive part of the revival is memorizing a couple verses. And then also, and this is what the Sunday morning message is going to be geared towards is uh, we've, uh, Lord's uh, helped me to develop uh, what we call a gospel track wallet. You know, I personally would find myself out more often than I had them without gospel tracks. And I would be at a gas station, I'd be at a store, and I'd think, you know, I, I you know, I need to get somebody a gospel track, and I'd, oh man, I forgot them at home, or maybe they're in the car, you know, and, and, you know, it just, I got to the point, to be honest, where I was grieved about it. I thought, Lord, this is, I'm weaker than a dead dog. I mean, and that's, I say that a lot with a lot of stuff that I do. Regina's heard that phrase many times. She'd say, weaker than a dead dog, a dog is dead, you know. It's, well, that's why I feel like no strength sometimes, you know, in some of these areas. So, so I, you know, I said, you know, I need to do something. I need something where I can keep tracks with me all the time. So I had one of these business card holders at home where you put business cards in, like a little plastic sleeve. So I cut it apart, and I super glued it in my dining room table and made sure I put something paper underneath so I didn't get the super glue on the table. Regina, you know, that wouldn't be good. But um, so I uh, super glued it. I had tracks different sizes, and I started putting them in. I started making measurements on it. And I sent that away. I had a, a place. I searched all in the United States to get a place that would be able to make these. And there was one place that did um, uh, just pure leather. And they were up in, I forget, Maine or somewhere in the East Coast. And told him what we were doing. He said, you know, he says it'd probably be too cost prohibitive. Uh, he said... I think they had been around a hundred years and all. I said, "Well, give me a price, anyways." He never did. So, anyways, I had to go overseas with it. But it took me after I got those measurements to them. It took me about a year to get them back. They did send me send me the prototype of it. Which uh, is that in your bag, Regina? Um, okay. Uh, usually, I have it right here, and I have to get it and put it there. But uh, yeah, let me let me get yours. You have it at hand there. Yeah, so, so yeah, this, uh, this is, uh, what we call our gospel track wallet. There's three pockets on each side. You can put on single fold tracks, you can put eight to ten gospel tracks in each pocket. So you could have 50 or 60 tracks. You can have them for Christmas time, you can have them for Thanksgiving if they have Thanksgiving tracks. You can have different uh, tracks that might meet different needs of people. So you always have them with you, and then and then uh, you can um, you know just put it in your purse for the ladies. You know I usually put them in my coat pocket, and I don't you know for church. You know, I don't get up Monday morning and put my suit coat on, you know, not unless I'm, you know, going to a funeral or somewhere. So I'll either have my khakis or my dicky work pants on, and I'll put, you know, right in the front uh, front pocket there. I'll just I'll just put it in like that. And I've had mine for two years and about 11 months now. And there's maybe have been a dozen times that I have not had this with me because remember, a tool is only as good as you using it. 
And so what I do on my counter, I have a place where I have my keys and a bunch of other stuff, but I'll take my wallet, I put my gospel track wallet down, I put my wallet on top of that just to remind me I'm going to take it with me. And the Lord has helped in a tremendous way to get out more tracks than I ever have because in the message this morning, you're going to see that it might just take one gospel track. And again, God uses many things in a person's life to bring him to salvation, but it might just be that one gospel track that will make the difference. And so uh, what we're going to do, again, an interactive revival, you have to be a part of this, all right? It's not going to be what it should be if you're not a part of it. Now, uh, you know, I don't know, I might, uh, I'm not going to call you up to preach on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, all right? Uh, I'm um, sort of stingy with that. I just like bringing the Word of God. But we do want to encourage you to take some gospel tracts, and you have... Some things, some tracks here, Pastor, then? Uh, okay. And, you know, to take those and to get them out, either at the gas station, the store, your neighbor, wherever. And then Monday, we're going to take a few minutes, just, uh, you know, again, five, seven minutes for probably the scriptures and the, um, the uh, uh, passing out gospel tracks. And it's a simple thing to do. I mean, even if you just, do like that. I mean, but you know, what I normally do is I'll, I'll, uh, try to get, I'll make a conversation if I'm at a store. I'll look at the name tag and get the name. Hey, um, Gallup Menards that I went to in, um, New Philly, I think it was. Hey, Maddie, how you doing today? You know, sometimes that takes them back a little bit. Oh, you know my name? How do I know you? Well, you got a name tag on. And I'll say, how you doing today, Maddie? And just start talking. And by the time I'm finished, you know, they're through with um, checking things out. And, you know, I've given them my rebate certificates and all that good stuff. And I'll say, Maddie, let me leave you with something. This talks about how much Christ loves you, what he's done for you, and how you can know you have a home in heaven. And usually I'll say those three things and they'll uh, take that gospel track. You know, the, the one pastor, as it, we were at Norwalk Baptist Church here just a week, week and a half ago for a missions conference, and Pastor Rich, he was talking with me, he says, how many tracks do people not take when you try to give them to them? I said, wow. I said, and I just tried to think, you know, like how many maybe I'd passed out over the last month and how many people said no. And I told him, I said, well, maybe one in a hundred. And then I got to thinking, I was thinking maybe it was more like one in 150 or 200. Now, don't get discouraged if you go out and the first five people say no, no. I, I think, you know, what I found is this, is that people are hungry. I mean, what, what do you have to look forward to in this world? I mean, the news, the war... The, you know, just on and on. You, you, you just mark it down. I mean, people's hearts are hungry. I mean, they're, you know, you tell them, hey, somebody loves you. What? I didn't think anybody loved me, you know, and I didn't hear them say that, but you can see it in their face. I mean, they're looking for something. And you know, if we're, if you've known Christ your Savior, you and I, we have the answer. 
we have the answer. And God help us. So, so what we'll do is we'll just give you an opportunity to say, uh, five, seven seconds, probably we'll limit you to, uh, but, uh, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, just say, hey, I, uh, pass out a track to the cashier at Walmart. Yeah, I saw somebody at the gas station. I shared a gospel track with them. And again, uh, God wants to use you and I. And he will. And that's really, you know, that's part of revival. You know, this is a tool for revival because getting the gospel out shows that we're doing what God wants us to do. And that we're being obedient to that. And so the privilege that we have to do that. So it'd be an interactive revival. Um, again, thinking of, of revival, uh, turn back with me. This is a familiar verse on revival in second chronicles 714 second chronicles that's right after first chronicles second chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14 and this really gives us i've uh, i've got six subtopics and this is the key verse in in the revival series that we have, uh, there's again 12 references for each one, but I wanted to put James 4 8 first in that series because the first thought is this revival needed. So I put this verse first just because it's the outline for the rest of the series, but it's revival needed. Second Chronicles 7 14. Look at it there. If my people, you're saved here this morning, say a good hearty amen. 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 You're God's people. You're the people of God. Thank God for that. I'd rather be a child of God than anything else in this world. It's good to know the Lord is Savior. Good to know that we have a home in heaven. Good to know that our sins are forgiven. Good to know that Christ... Christ is praying for us and interceding on our behalf and that He helps us and strengthens us daily as we look to Him. What's a wonderful thing to know the Lord as Savior. If my people, which are called by my name... Anybody, I'll give you a Bible quiz here. Um, Anybody remember in the Bible where it says they were first called Christians at... Antioch, Antioch, that's right. That's Antioch of... um, Pisidia, I believe it is. There's two Antiochs. There's Antioch and Pisidia and Antioch and Syria. But uh, I believe that was Antioch and uh, Pisidia. And it says they were first called Christians at Antioch. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And that's really, uh, uh, you know, you, you, I call it a formula for revival. Uh, you know, it's, um, you know, like a math formula. If, uh, uh, well, what is it? The Pythagorean theorem. How many of you are math whizzes? All right. 
Pythagorean theorem, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. That's a triangle, all right, a right, a right triangle. If you uh, square the one side, a 3, 4, 5 triangle would be 3 squared is 9, 4 squared is 16, 9 plus 16. You didn't know you were going to get a math lesson this morning, did you? But um, 9 plus 16 is how much? 25. So that hypotenuse on that edge is the square root of that, square root of 25 is 5 times 5 is 25, so that would be a 3, 4, 5 triangle on that. That's pretty, I mean, that's a basic formula. You know, God's formulas are maybe a little more dynamic than that in the sense that there's more in play than that, but what I'm saying is, is that when we're thinking of revival, and we're thinking about, first of all, personal revival. I think that that, that Second Chronicles 7.14, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. And so you have um, humility and revival, prayer and revival, seeking God and revival, repentance and revival. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And so that's, for me, that's, a constant thought daily, to be honest. I'm, I'm thinking about those things in my own life. I'm thinking, God, I need your help. God, I need your help. You know, you, you go through this world and maybe you look out and, you know, see something, hear something, and a thought comes to your mind, God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. Help me to be where you want me to be. Help me to please you. And again, each each of us are at different levels. And I, I guarantee you, I've got a lot of steps that I'm going to keep climbing, Lord willing. Because you know what the goal is in all those steps? Yeah, be like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the goal, to become more like Christ. And if at the end of this meeting you say, I'm more like Jesus Christ than I was before I started. And if that's helping you to continue that way, I guarantee you it's going to be a successful meeting in your heart and life personally and in my heart and life personally. Because, you know, whenever I, whenever I preach, you know, uh, um, Brother Cusick knows, you know, that, you know, you, you're pointing out like that. I don't know if my thumb's probably pointing up, but I've got three fingers pointing back to this preacher. <laughs> so it speaks to me. Speaks to my heart. So, uh, so you know, God, God help us in in that respect. That would be just, just all in on this. Pray about it. You know, spend time in prayer for this meeting. Spend time in prayer for yourself. You know, I've we've been praying. Pastor and I've been praying. You know, we've been you know seeking God. Just ask Him to do something in our lives. That we'd become more like Christ and. And again, uh, that's, that's the goal and that's what God wants for us. So, so just think about that and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. You know, the Word of God can come, but you have to mix it with faith. You have to say, Lord, speak to my heart. Lord, open my heart, my mind, my life that I might apply the Word of God. And, you know, Jesus, it says of Christ that He could not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. 
because of their unbelief. It was like that at Nazareth. I mean, you know, where he grew up at, in his hometown. He couldn't do many mighty works there. You know, their, their thought was, hey, you know, preaching out of Isaiah, and uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he anointed me to preach in the, that verse. And he, gone, he sat down and started teaching them. And he says, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. What? You're, the, you're, the, you're a carpenter's son. What are you talking about? And then they take him and they took him. They were going to throw him over the precipice and take his life. Not much belief there, was it? Not much faith. So, so God help us. Uh, again, I just wanted to sort of introduce some of the things that we were, uh, goals that we were looking for at this revival, share some scripture with you, but just, just let the Lord use this time in your life as I'm gonna pray that God will use it in my life anew and afresh. Say, Brother Stove, you've heard these messages before. Never gets old. Never gets old. Man, God, speak to my heart. I, you know, I, I can't, um, you know, Regina's a wonderful cook. I love her food. I mean, she does a great job. But I tell you what, I can't, physically, I can't live off of the food I ate two weeks ago today. I mean, you need daily manna. Daily manna. So, would you pray along with me? And as we pray, I want you to... Pray for yourself. I'm going to pray for myself audibly, and you know, but you can pray for yourself first and foremost, but then pray that God would work in our midst as a church as well, that God would just draw us to him and just do a mighty work in our hearts and lives. And whatever that would entail at this point, maybe only God knows, but let's pray that God would work, all right? Let's bow our heads and our hearts before the Lord and pray.